Do you truly and intentionally invest into the experience, loyalty, and therefore lifetime value of your customer? Or does most of your budget go to attracting new clients only to see them become a little, I guess, dormant over time? Well, on this week's episode of The Remarkable Project, I chat with Matt Barnett, founder and CEO of video platform Bonjoro. Now, for those of you who are not aware, Bonjoro is fast becoming the world's most popular personalized video platform, with many Fortune 500 companies turning to the platform to put, I guess, the the human back in their sales and customer experience. In this episode, Matt walks us through the sheer power of personalized video as a way of improving your customer relationships. We discuss the concept of dog fooding as the best way of getting ideas to market, how video impacts understanding and trust, and why gratitude and lifetime value are intrinsically linked. This was a super interesting and I guess more tactical conversation for this podcast. Matt uses his past experience running an agency and his I guess, current experience working with companies around the world to really hammer home this idea of putting your customer at the center of everything. Matt and I also took an opportunity to walk through a a pretend or or demo company and see how video can really help improve things. Guys, this one is definitely worth a listen for anyone that's wanting to improve their customer experience their customer relationships, their onboarding, or generally their remarkability. Here he is, the self-styled papa bear of personalized video, Matt Barnett. Why do people love your business? What are the unforgettable moments you create for your audience? How do you build a business that people feel compelled to talk about? The Remarkable Project with Jay Tinkler. Matt, welcome to The Remarkable Project. Good morning, Jay. Awesome to be here. Listen, I want to say that everywhere I turn, I seem to be bumping into Bonjoro. Um, My first experience actually was uh, someone that probably you and I will both know, but maybe not everyone that's listening to this podcast. It was, I did a program with John Lee Dumas and he's a a customer of yours, but also in the podcasting world, a pretty well-known name. And it blew me away. Like, and I know that it was part of his process and those kind of things, but to see that personalized video come through was super cool and super different. And I think there's a lot of stuff I'd like to unpack with you today uh, around this circling back to this more personal touch, I guess. But before we dive in, I want to maybe just get a bit of a backstory from you and where Bonjoro was born. Where, where, did, where did this all start for you guys? Yeah, for sure. So we were running an agency uh, here in Australia, a research agency, using video. So we were in the space doing quality research. Um, small startup here. All our clients we landed were in the UK and um, the States. Um, I mean, I'm British. That's probably a part of it. But yeah, big corporate clients, big FMCG clients. So headquarters were always overseas. Um, that was great. It was good. A lot, a lot of travel. 
But when it came to, I think, onboarding new leads that, that would come in, time zones were never were never aligned. So we would get leads coming in the evening. But, and, you know, we were young, we were hungry, we wanted to do everything we could to make sure that we converted those. And uh, we were doing drip emails as you do, and we weren't, you know, getting the best response rate on those. I think people just went cold or just went off. Um, they're looking for immediate solutions. So we started to change it up. And what we did is we just implemented a little system where look, we're, very good, we're, we're very good in person, very good at sales. You know, I go in and do jazz hands. My uh, business partner would be the researcher would come in and like, you know, <laughs> give all the evidence. And we started doing videos to every every lead that we had in. So a lead would come in, we'd research them. We'd, we'd do a bit of like data scraping, have a look at their LinkedIn, and then do a video for them as the first touch points. We did it manually at first, and then it worked really well. We had like three times response rates like overnight. And then we started to kind of hack that together into like a bit of like a mobile experience. And so I would take a ferry from a place called Manly to Circular Key in Sydney. So I'd be going across the water every morning. I have a little list of my leads from the evening, and then I do a video for every single one. Now, I'm not the clearest speaker in the world. I get a little bit excited. And so you'd have like the wind in my face, seagulls behind me, me ranting away. And the amount of responses that came back, and they're like, and they go like, I have no idea what you said, but this is hilarious. And I heard you say something about working with, with Coke and with Pepsi, and we're doing, you know, like soft drinks for the next project, like let, let's have a chat. Or, you know, if you're in London in a couple of weeks, come in and see us. Um, so we started to like build these, these relationships and these, and these leads started to drop and our business started to grow. And in hindsight, it, it wasn't so much video. It's a fact that we were stopping and taking time with them and they liked us, which is the same thing that happens in person. So in this remote setting, it worked. Yeah, long story short, one client after the end of a you know, research meeting was like, hey, that, uh, that video conversion they used, can we... Can we use that? And we were like, yeah, yeah, sure. I flew back to Australia, spent a weekend with a lot of beers and pizza, made a version that they could use. They started using it. When they sent them out, then strangers started coming in and saying, hey, can we use this? And we're like, hey, there's something here. Built it, put, put a, like a free version on a small paywall. People started paying. And then that company, that, and that was Bonjour, and that outgrew the research company within about, like I want to say 12 months. We, we kind of sat for six months doing nothing. We're like, oh, this is nice, beer money. And then beer money turned into hiring people money. And that turned into, into business money, I guess. Incredible, incredible. I love when, when ideas like that come out of necessity to begin with and rather than necessarily uh, you know, invest the money and hope, hope that the customer will actually buy it. It's sort of you had the customers first and, and it sort of uh, grew out of that. You have the problem. That, that's, that's the key, yeah? So if yeah. you scratch your own itch, like you're, you're actually solving a problem. So a lot of the best ideas in the world. Look, it's not to say you can't have other ones, but, but you're in a company, you've got deep industry expertise, and you're like, this would be awesome if something did this. Nothing does it, let, let's go and build it. Like, like you already are the customer. So not enough companies, I think dog, we call it dog fooding, like use their own products to solve their own problems. If you can do that, it just makes it, it, makes it an easy starting point, is all I say. I want to take a moment and just have a chat to you about video generally and the adoption of that. You know, we've done a lot of research internally around how we're starting to circle back to a more personalized way of doing business. What What is the secret sauce around video and why why is it so effective at the moment? So, so, so all video is is a window, okay? So like, again, like for years, video was, not, was on a pedestal. It's a video. It like I, I like I guarantee it'll be replaced at some point with like VR, you know, where where me and you will be able to sit in a room with like tactical feedback opposite each other. Yeah. Now the reason it works though, it, it's just it's just human 
human psychology. Like we are social, we, we are a social ape. This, this is how, how we evolved. Yeah. So if you look at how we communicate, you know, like 10, 10, 15% is in the words that we say. It's you know, a massive amount, like 60% is like face and eye contact and emotion, like, like through facial expression. You've then got tone of voice as well. You've then got cadence of voice, and then you've got the actual words that you use. So when you use things like the written word, which has been amazing you know, for, for, for a couple of centuries, because that was the only way that we could communicate at distance, it lost 90% of the way that a human communicates. And to be absolutely honest, and, and you'll see this when you communicate with team on Slack and, uh, and meetings and stuff, like it's quite easy to make mistakes to convey things in the wrong way because we're not all lit- lit- literary geniuses. Like I'm, I'm definitely not. Yeah. And so words are a like fail, like, like, like a, a worst case proxy to like to normal communication. So when you use video, you capture most of that. Now, now you miss a couple of things. Like, like I said, the whole tactile thing, you can't have touch. If you speak to an Italian, they'll reach out and they'll touch you. They'll, yeah, they'll bring you into, into their world. You can't do that necessarily on video. And like, you can't see what, what's, what's below here. You know, and there's a little bit of body language you're going to miss, but you will get so much more of it that when you do that, that brings with it understanding and off the back of understanding, we then have trust, you know? And so like, if you see words, there's other parts, you see words, you don't know who's behind it. When you see video, we feel like we trust that person because we can read them better. Yeah. Like there's a reason behind this. We can read them and therefore we're going to have a better chance of knowing if they're legit or not. So it's all it's all baked in. This is not not some like video is not some magical thing. It's just that technology only got to the stage where like, we've been a video a long time. We were playing around in apps where videos like where video was first put into mobile devices. The technology was it, it was a struggle. Now it's not so so. Of course we're here, but we're not we're not going backwards. There's no like video now. This is only going to happen more and more. I think you know again like however long it takes, VR will be the next thing. Where like like I want to be sitting down with you having having a coffee, you know, and you can see everything like I'm doing. Yeah, I I guess where I was getting at was that I feel like, and I, I hear you talk about Bonjour being a relationship business rather than a you know a video company, and I I do feel like you know if we would talk 90s being the email marketing, maybe even into the 2000s, but you know that was the real heyday of you know, we push email marketing. We're now in a position where even, you know, it 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 becomes something that now we're wanting to circle back from this impersonal nature of email marketing and uh, e- emails in general, and as you put it, Slack and those kind of things to something where we are connecting more. And I, I just wonder whether there's a level of we want more of that connection. I mean, there's- like there's a lot to unpack. There's many rabbit holes to go down. You know, the whole remote, the whole remote working thing, for instance. You know, like we've we don't like our team is we're in like six countries and have been from the very beginning. Some of our first team members were overseas. So with us, remote work is the norm now. Like we don't get too much into it. Like I think I think a hybrid works makes sense where you can see people and then you can do time on your own. But again, back to the point of we are we are social creatures. We've evolved this way, especially in a Western world where we're moving away from families. You know, we're getting smaller. The social groups are getting like, although 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 our social groups seem bigger, and we have you know, the Facebook and LinkedIn masses and like millions of friends. The reality is, the core people we love are kind of craving, and we have in our in our small groups are more distant. You know, like I see friends a lot less, I see family a lot less than our, our parents' generation would. So, I, so again, I, I think there's an inner craving 
to build connections with other humans. And like business has always been a wonderful place to do that. I mean, like, like, we, like it's not family and friends and business. Like, it's just like, like it should be blurred. And, you know, and again, many rabbit holes here, but I think brands are changing. Like, you know, go back a generation, I'll be wearing a suit and tie on, on, you know, on, on this call. Like that, that's not a thing anymore because again, we trust people who are being themselves. So this whole world is blurring work and business is blowing we have a like the rise of, of, of the solopreneur and the educator and the influencers coming into this as well uh, but we're still human and we still need to connect with people and so if those connections come through work that's wonderful and where you don't have colleagues then you have customers and where people reach out you know connect with you in in a world where there's not a heap of connection um you know like i said like most experiences have been online for email and stuff then we kind of crave that and we warm up to that and we, and we jump into that yeah. Uh, so then I guess I circle to where's the balance between process and personal then, Matt? You know, I'm sure that that, com- that conversation comes up a lot um, with your customers is how do I s- show up in a personalized way for each of my customers, but also keep some sort of scalability and process around that? Yeah, so look, look, here's the video. People are like, I'm going to use video for everything. I'm like, no, 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 no. Like, that's not the point, yeah? Like, so the point is, like, you, you need to get a trust across, let someone know who you are. Like, email marketing hasn't gone away. It's maybe not as effective as it was at one stage. Um, it's still there. And, and, there's, and there's many other ways to communicate with customers. You know, we have on social, we have, we have through, through, through messaging. Uh, we still have in person. I mean, like, sometimes you've got you to get on a plane and go and see someone, yeah? Like, that, that, that happens. Like, that's still a thing that's not going away. Um, it's a balance, right? And it also depends on the point in the customer journey. I think showing up at the beginning and making your best first impression, you, li- you literally only have one chance to do that. So I think go all out on first impressions. Not everyone wants to listen on the first day, though, which is fine. Um, you know, then when someone's been with you for a while or the first time they, they convert into a paying customer, the first time they, 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 they do a project, um, go all out again. And then when you deliver value, I think that's the other point to go all out. So, like again, take go from the software. If you're if you're a consultant or an accountant, you know when you deliver value, you save some money. You've you've delivered on on a, on a project. Reinforce that that good feeling and doing that in person much much easier to do. And then they obviously associate that that good moment, you know, with your brand with your company. Um, that said, I mean the whole like seven touch points. Um, whether you follow that, so the idea is you know seven touch points to make a customer across different mediums like it's about right i believe you know whether whether it's 20 or whether it's you know three for some customers um you can't just keep turning up in person like someone knocks your door seven times it'd be kind of weird you know so it's about brand recognition it's about a balance here you know and again maybe the other thing i'll say is it's also about what it is you want to talk about so you know if you want to welcome someone welcome someone into your shop to that in person if they want more advice on product or they want advice on how to, they want to help or support, does, doesn't need to be you in person. You know, people are happy to, to self-help. Yep. And they will give you signals of when they want to go in person, when they don't as well. You know, sometimes people want to talk and some people don't, you know, let them, let them choose. Put up options for, you know, demos and webinars and in-person support, but also put up a help, a help center. Different people, introverts, extroverts. Yeah, you need to have different avenues. You need to think through the different touch points. Sorry, again, there's a lot here. Um, don't ram personalization down their throat. The point is at certain points on those journeys, it makes sense for most customers, but allow that journey to be flexible. 
Do you think that, you know, uh, you mentioned it, extroverts and introverts there a second ago, you know, I can hear a lot of my listeners going, oh, I don't know about putting my face out there and, you know, um, using video and recording myself. And do you think that that's a skill set that we need to get a lot more used to as, a, as, as we start to move into this more digital way of doing business? Look, 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 uh, like I always think introvert, extroverts, maybe not like quite the right definition because that's more where you get your energy from. Like I know introverts who are amazing on video. Now, now, interesting, if you're sending video messages to somebody, it's actually asynchronous. So the reality is there's no one on the other end, yeah, it, which is kind of like, which could be a benefit because it's, it, it's more like you'd be more productive with the time. It's a little bit different. You're showing up, but you're not actually there on, on the sort of time zones and stuff. Um, I think inevitably, if you're working remote, if you're working with teams, if you're working in the COVID-driven world, um, you're going to have already been on video. You'll have gone it, talking to a colleague, talking to a family member, talking to a customer. I mean, it's all the same. I think for a long time, as I said earlier, video was on a pedestal. So video was the realm of, of film and theater. And so because of that, we've always been nervous to get on it. Oh, we're, not, we're not an actor. We're not, we're not a professional. Now, video like from my point of view it's just a window like I, I feel no like i feel as comfortable sitting with you here as i would do in a, in a coffee shop like maybe more in a coffee shop um so it, it's 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 a hump it's a mental hump to be got over i think that's been forced on everyone by again the covid world over the last years which i think is a good thing um so if you still feel nervous about it it's yes it could take some practice um i look i think i think the the proof is in the pudding. Once you do a few of these, people are like, thanks so much. That was amazing. You're like, oh yeah, okay. <laughs> like, like, and they're like, have some money. You're like, okay, let's do, let's do more of that. Yeah. So like, I don't take my 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 word for it, you know. Like, you obviously need to do these things work. Um, but it's not going away. And I think again, I keep mentioning I keep harking back to things like VR and virtual rooms. I've seen some pretty interesting stuff coming through now. Now, until we all have the ability to access the, the, those realms in our room, and we all have, you know, o- 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 Oculus Rifts beneath our table, which we don't today. That will not become, you know, like that will not spread throughout the entire like industry, like as video has done. But I look back ten years, and we were still playing around in video. One of the big problems we had is that not everyone had video video on their smartphones. Not everyone had smartphones, which is crazy. Yeah, ten years later, of, of like Snapchat, Instagram, like everything has come from that. Yeah, so ten years is a short time especially yeah. for those young, younger listeners, like you're going to be surprised where we get to. Um, so it won't go away. New generations are more used to this. Us older, slightly older generations, we've just got to deal with it. Um, if you don't, I think you might risk being left behind. And, and this is, and the last, last thing I'll say is like, this is not new, okay? This is nothing new here, yeah? Relationships have been key to business. Look at the best business leaders for, for like forever. The difference was, your worlds were smaller then. So you were in a shop and somebody was coming in to see you and you were welcoming them in person. That was good service. You were in a counter, people would come to your office and you would see them in person. Now, now you can reach people anywhere in the world. That relationship part isn't going away. The best businesses are still great at relationships. The best business leaders, look, look, look at Pat Flynn, look at Gary Vee, like them or hate them. They're extremely good with their community. Yeah, they're not, they're not passive observers. Um, I'm not saying you have to be them, but this. Again, it's baked into human psychology. So, yep, yep. Now, I want to change tack a little bit. Um, I, I just want to put a pin in something you said before, which was this idea of go all all in on the first impression. I think that there's 
something in that that is really powerful for people that are listening is that that first impression using something like video in that first interaction is obviously very simple um, and and an obvious thing, but something that probably a lot of people aren't doing. So I just want to put a little pin in that. But I, I thought a really good way of being able to demonstrate to people who either haven't heard of Bonjoro or haven't aren't currently using it, just those small minority, um, uh, as to maybe doing a sort of a pretend case study as to how you could use your product uh, to not only create an, an amazing customer experience for people, but also to create those wow moments that create something that people feel compelled to talk about. So would that be okay with you if we sort of run through a, sort of an example? Yeah, pick an industry. Okay, so if we were to say um, something, and sorry to all the accountants out there, but something as dry as accountancy or bookkeeping or something like that, if we were saying, how do we take an accountancy business and use video and in particular Bonjoro to really turn? Would you start? Good, good industry, but like accountants are already great at this because accountants are relationship people. So, like, can't talk with the convert here. Um, so, the, like, tech, I'll walk through tech technically a little bit first and then kind of like how, and then like, I guess, the emotional side of it. So, technically, the way the system would work is you take your so you're going to be using a CRM in some capacities so you might be using entreport or active campaign or keep uh, for example whatever keeps called today it's changed it um you actually sit there and you actually plug that into bonjour so we exist as a layer on that system now you're going to have inbound inquiries through whether you're doing marketing efforts or whether you just got people coming in through word of mouth when those come in and Bonjour is connected, what we do is we'll actually no- notify you, and we'll put, and we'll go with with a new, with a new customer. Yeah, that's the first impression piece here. Super easy. So customer comes in, they go into CRM that notifies Bonjour and says, "Hey, new customers come in." You'll get a notification on your desktop or on your mobile device. It doesn't matter where you are in the world. If you're out at the races, of it pops. We pull the information of that customer, so who they are, and, and this is d- depend decided by you. But we'll show you. Let's try and find out like what their name is, what their business is, how big the business is, where they are in the world, if they're a consumer or a company. Um, you can also pull in a lot of other information. So we can show you, yes, they filled out your inquiry form. Yes, they were a customer three years ago, et cetera, et cetera. You then literally, if you decide to in the moment, can hit record. It's that simple. Um, and using that information that we've given you, you can then personalize that first interaction to them. So you can say, hey, I'm not in the office right now. I am, I am at the races. It's, you know, it's Melbourne Cup here in Australia or, or Melbourne Cup, like where, where, where we are. Um, look, I've got your inquiry. I see what you've asked for. We can absolutely do that. Uh, look, what I'm going to do is have one of my team follow up with you and then I'll give you a call on Monday when I'm back in the office. You know, have an awesome day. Check this out. We're done. Send back to the martinis. Um, so you could do this actually like, like wherever you are in the world. Again, if you're in the office, same process. Um, your choice as to how quickly you do that, you know, like honestly, with, like within the first four hours, getting back to a new lead is extremely valuable. The first hour is amazing. Um, I think that response time in terms of customer service excellence is valid and valuable. People want to know that when they work with a, you know, especially an accountant, com- like an accountancy, that like quick responses, because we have, we have like financial difficulties and we, and we need a response straight away. It's like your first thing is like, I will respond quickly. The second thing is, as the founder, as the accountant, I've like like I'm 
I'm here in person. I'll turn up, whatever it is I'm doing. The second thing is like, look at me. I'm a trustworthy guy. Again, this barrier between company and personal, like welcome a little bit into my personal life. You know, like, like this is the kind of person I am. I'm very trustworthy. And the third thing is obviously the information that you're saying in that video. So I'm saying, look, I will get back to you on Monday. I've got your details. One of my team will follow up. So this is kind of what you're doing. Then, then on Monday, you can't follow up. They, they get that message delivered um, into the inbox. They get it on their time. So if, if they're busy that moment, they can, they can look that evening, whenever it works for them, they see that message and they respond to it. That top of funnel piece is the easiest. Now, at the back of that, depending whether they watch, whether they reply, you could then start to trigger further actions in your funnel. So maybe you add them into your, like, you know, again, depending on what you're using, you might want to add them into your qualified lead section on your CRM, or you might want to send them an email, or you might just want to put them in your to-do list for the next day. So that's kind of the easiest starting points. Um, that kind of goes through what you say, how it works, but essentially it's kind of plug and play, pretty simple to go. Hey there, sorry to interrupt. I hope you're enjoying this episode. Now, you know we're all about supporting your journey towards transformation of existing audiences into connected, captivated, and consistently profitable advocates for your business. So I wanted to take a moment to introduce you to the Remarkably community. Each week, we curate and craft an email that brings together expert interviews, actionable tips, and shared ideas designed to help you find and facilitate your Remarkable. We also make ourselves available to be part of the conversations community members are hungry to have around marketing, customer experience, and profitable community building. Jump on to remarkably.com.au forward slash join. That's R-E-M-A-R-K-A-B-L-Y.com.au forward slash join and start showing up as a business or a brand that people feel compelled to talk about. Okay, let's get back to the interview. I, what I'm picking up there, Matt, which is interesting, we talk a lot about trust on this podcast, obviously, and some of the sort of leading you know, people around the world who study trust and what it looks like, um, the summary sort of comes down to the balance between sort of this competence piece and this being able to successfully communicate your warmth of intention to somebody else. Yeah. And I'm hearing you talk about that is that, you know, being able to respond quickly to inquiry and also giving next steps in that video, sort of this is what's going to happen and this is how this is going to happen. But also, as you said, it, you know, giving a window into your personal life allows that level of there's no smokes and mirrors here. This is who I am. And, you know, you end up getting that level of warmth, connection, maybe slight vulnerability shared values, all of that piece in such a short snippet of time. So it's interesting to sort of go, you know, this is a potentially a 30-second video, but delivering so much as far as the trust bucket is concerned. And, and, look, and like I said like earlier, there's a, lot, there's a lot in just turning up. Yeah. That's the first, the first step. 50% of, the, uh, 50% of this is done if you turn up. Like even if you, you know, don't give the best pitch or what you say, you'll be surprised to have people just like, thanks so much again, just that turning up and being there like person. But like you say, like, like, and obviously different brands, different attitudes, you know, like I can get away with a lot more than most accountants can. <laughs> I can turn them in a bear suit, whatever, yeah? Like I'll, 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 like if I'm walking with like my kids in the backpack, I'll, I'll still welcome customers. 
Yeah, and they love that. Now, you might need to turn up in a suit and tie. But again, doing it maybe in the, uh, on lunch break with a couple of teams, like saying hi behind you, might be the way that you just get bring that down next level. I, I, I think, I think you know, with this kind of communication, the way I like to say is you know, take, take your brand and your brand impression and just take one step down. I think that works, you know. So if, if, if you're wearing suits, take, take the jacket off. You know, like you, 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 with personal relationships, I think the idea is let people in at the level below you. You know, like, like I think I'm, like, I, like, I remember talking to a friend um, who worked for, for Bain Consulting. And the, the consultants are the opposite. They were like, you dress exactly as the customer, but one level up. So he's like, if the customer's in jeans and T-shirt, you wear jeans, T-shirt, and a suit jacket. You know, if they're wearing full-on suits, you go and buy, you know, an Armani suit and you wear a better suit than them because you're the authority. Now, this, I would say, is the opposite because the customer's really the authority and you're there to help. And this, again, for, for like, for the brands that, that I think make this work, this tends to be the way you want to dress up, the, be like the customer, but one level down, you know. So if you are a B2C, so consumer accountant, you want to appeal on that level where, where, you're, where you're saying, basically, I understand you, I'm like you. If your business is, you step it up a level, but again, still like, here I am, slightly vulnerable, like, you know, coming to my world. Yeah. What's been the most creative application you've seen of Bonjoro, mate, as a use case? Yeah. So I think some of the more interesting ones are around fundraising. So I work with a lot of charities around the world. And when... So so obviously like thanking for donations, yeah? Now, most donations you give you'll get a generic thank you back. Um, and that's because organizations are busy. Like, we understand that. And smaller organizations for, yeah, for, for, good, for good causes tend to be slightly better with this. I've seen, I've seen, I've seen it's like Cure International. It's a big US um, foundation. I mean, they are massive and they help a lot of people in third world countries. But they actually get people on the ground in Africa with like teachers and kids to send thank yous back to their donors. And they, and they obviously have, like, again, the hierarchy of the organization, they have the kind of juniors on the ground. So they, they ha- and they have a lot of them, yeah? So they actually have people to do this, yeah? So it's not like the CEO is doing these videos. But, but to, to give to a cause and then to see back and, and someone's there going, this, your, your money is building this toilet here or this sanitation system here. And there's, like, kids there and you're helping these kids, yeah? Like, in terms of, like, connecting the, the donor to the end result, like insanely good and doing that in a very short period, like very quickly, very personally. And so the name is absolutely insane. Now, is that person, A, going to donate for life? Uh, donations, are, like, uh, uh, donations are really interesting, yeah? Because it's really as you feel because we want to do good, but we also want to make impact and we only have so much money to give. So there is a thing here where like, I want to give to these three causes. If you think one of them, your money's going to go farther, make, make more of an impact, that's the one you're going to keep giving to. Like, you know, and so it's not that you don't want to give to the other two, but this one, you're like, okay, this is it, yeah? So the companies that can display that, super interesting. They'll, they'll get you and they'll get you for life. Like, you're not going to go away. You'll stay for years after that. You hear this all the time about great first experiences in the, in the giving world. Um, but then, like, are you going to potentially share that video? Are you going to go and tell everyone else about that? Like, absolutely. So it not only sticks you in, but you start to go full word of mouth. And so, like, in terms of, like, this... This line of turning you from like a passive donor into what what we in like Pat Flynn call a super fan, where someone's going to rant and rave about you and get involved, like this just shortens that gap, you know, from like a year to like a week. Um, so 
again, not not exactly like spray paint, you know, and suits and crazy stuff. But I think in terms of like impact and thinking, you know, how do I show an ROI through video? I think it's incredibly smart and not, again, not that actually that hard to do, really, if you think about it. That impact piece is super interesting. And, and I, I heard you use the word sort of gratitude before or, or um, thanking, you know, like, is that something that you're seeing more and more of as well is, is leaning into uh, customer appreciation, not just necessarily when there's a sale happening? Yeah, exactly. Look, 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 and the way that we're going as a company, so we're going basically, we're, we start with video mastering. We've just released another, another product called Test Manuals. We're helping you gather video testimonials and testimonials to share. Um, we're starting to just basically go full on into the into the kind of loyalty space, yeah, and not loyalty in terms of of rewards cards, but customer appreciation and like how do you how do you turn every customer into an advocate or a super fan? And I think I think it starts with like put, you have to put the customer first. Um, I, I think small businesses are very good at this, by the way. So I think the accountants out there are extremely good. And especially when you first start, because you're so like excited and every customer counts. The question is, how do you never lose lose that as you grow? But always thank customers. You know, thank them for 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 getting in touch. It doesn't matter if they don't become a customer. Still thank them for the inquiry. And if you can't serve them, like help them out and point them in the right direction. You know, thank 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 them for you know when they've been with you for a year for continuing the second year. Thank them for you know for engaging on your community. I was chatting to um someone the other day who said that they. They were they built their business off building a form of like twenty thousand like active um, users, and they and they said it took them posting in that community every single day for two years to get to that. Um, it's Nigel at Tribe First. He's a he's an Aussie Aussie guy you might know. Um, and basically, he would just go in there, like thank customers for their inputs. Whenever someone had a comment or question, he thanked them for like contributing and then go and help them out. And he's like, now I step out of the, out of the community and it runs. And everyone just keeps thanking each other. Yeah. So he started this, he basically built the culture of like of like appreciation within this forum. It's it's um it doesn't take a lot to do it. It doesn't take a lot to say thanks. Um I think a lot of businesses forget that. You know, if someone pays you, don't take it um, you know, like thank, thank them for it. Yeah. It's uh it's not guaranteed. Yeah, we're we're really big on thanking at random times as well not necessarily sort of you know the christmas gift or the christmas video or the you know end of year end of financial year that it that it, you know you've been with us for three months so i just wanted to reach out kind of things those random yeah. unexpected moments are, are powerful too listen you you deal with obviously a lot of SaaS companies and uh, where you know bonjoro can connect in with new customers and that kind of thing um, as well as obviously more face-to-face businesses as well but especially in SaaS land we we talk about lifetime value a lot more <laughs> yeah can you talk to us about or maybe even give you give an example of one of your customers where they have drastically improved their lifetime value of customer through small changes um, in, in their customer experience like Bonjoro? Yeah, yeah. So, like, first of all, lifetime value for those that don't know the term, uh, although you will be hearing this more and more because I think other industries are now picking up and following suite. It's the concept that, like, a sale is not the, 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 the monetary value. Like, a single sale is not what a customer has the potential to give you. So, you know, we'll take something like e-commerce, like rather than SaaS, maybe that's kind of more understood. If you go and buy one product from 
Amazon and it's $20 and you never go again, your lifetime value is $20. If you buy a product $20 every month for a year, then you'll, yeah, and then you go, your lifetime value is $120. If you do that for, for 10 years, then your lifetime value is $1,200. So understanding how long a customer stays with you and how often they purchase. And in SaaS, this is a bit easier because people are paying every single month or every single year opens up a whole world of how you think about that customer. Because if you know that someone's going to pay you $10,000 or $100,000 over 10 years, it actually means you can invest a lot more money up front in order to get that customer and to make sure they stay for that time. Um, so again, it's not about single sale. And, th- and this comes, you know, again, the rabbit hole of like converting new customers versus looking after existing customers. Much easier to get more revenue out of existing customers. Like just take my word there, like seven times easier minimum, like 10 times easier. Um, so the idea of lifetime value is that, again, the longer, it's about how much a customer spends. It's also about how much, how long they stay with you for. Now, if you look at customer experience post the first sale, this is where this comes into play. And so we have another, like in SaaS, we talk about churn, which is certain customers will leave and stop paying after X amount of time. And this directly impacts lifetime value. So if your customers only stay three months, the lifetime customer, the, va- the lifetime value of the customer is only how much they spend each month for three months. But if you can do something where suddenly the average goes to four months, you've just increased your lifetime value by 30%. Again, back to the first point, means you can spend more at the beginning. So in, in SaaS, <clears throat> generally what we're doing is, look, look, I think coming in straight away and making best first impression means that when people go through onboarding and their first trial period, and when they go through post-paid, they are more likely to see it through. So again, this is law reciprocation. If you turn up, they're more likely to, turn up, to come back. So with SaaS, it's very much about like early conversion funnels. So leads come in, they sign up, they try the product, a certain percentage will bounce out and never come back. If you can drag those back in again, then you can get them to complete through this onboarding period. So you know, if they pay day one, but then they, then they kind of, I guess, go quiet, you're going to lose them you know, at the end of month one. If you can take time and turn up, then, then you know, 20% of those will come back in again and try it again. And you can have a second chance to get them to activate so that they stay and pay for month two. Okay. So this, this is pretty ubiquitous across all SaaS companies. Where it gets really interesting is, is, is post month one, month two, month three, because you'll see most customers leave you within the first quarter, especially if they're paying monthly. But this is when you will see your churn happen because they don't get to success. And this is the whole idea of customer success. They don't get to success on the product or they don't get the return on the investment that they imagined or that you potentially sold them on. Now, this might be a failure of your product, especially if you're an early SaaS company because you're still learning how to do things. Um, one way that you can save challenges of product is to put people on the problem. You know, HubSpot famously did this for many years. They, they had a lot of funding, like, I'll, be, I'll be honest. But they had an ethos, which was like, if you can't solve any products, we'll, we'll put people on it. Um, and so yeah, the reason they're successful is because they, they had people, like any customer that came in, they'd be on calls or webinars, do everything that they, they could to get that customer over the line. I think it's a really good attitude. And again, it's easier for small businesses when you have more time. But I think, you know, checking in in person at certain points, and that could be a video message, you know, bonjour, like at the three-month period. Um, it could also be turning, turning up on Zoom. It can also be doing a webinar. You know, it can also be turning up in person, as I said before. Turning up and you know, checking in and saying, hey, I see you haven't got to this part yet. I'm here to help you. Let's take the next step. You're not trying to get them to put 
you're not asking them for more money. You're trying to get the ROI because you know there's, there's a good solution for them on your product or, off, or, or, or service offering. So turning up in that two to three month period, and again, this is kind of for any SaaS company because this is the three months where you're losing all your Turning up in that period is your chance to save people who are otherwise going to churn at three months. You know, and so this is your reactivation. So when you have a, if you have a customer success team, or if you're the founder doing this, or you're one of the early team doing this, checking in with video is more likely to get a response than checking in with email because it's a more active piece. Um, turning up, I'll be honest, like turning up for webinars and, do, and doing Zoom calls is even more effective. Uh, you know, it will absolutely work for some customers, not for others. Webinars are great because they're quite passive and you can also address a lot of people at once. So if you're, so we, we just have a new CS manager start, starting. Um, started two months ago, customer success manager. What he does is he just does open rooms. So he's like, hey, I'm in the office between nine to two um, every every Monday, Wednesday, Thursday. Anyone who's around, just just, just hit me up. I'll, I'll, I'll hop on a call. If there's four of you, I'll do a call with four of you. If there's a hundred of you, I'll do a call with a hundred of you. Ask me anything. And so even just saying I'm here to do that is already a signal from us to our customers that we're there if they need us. And it's, it's some people don't, don't turn up, but they get re-engaged just from the message that goes out and says that. They're like, oh, that's amazing. Oh, I do actually have this one little issue. Can you just help me here? I'm going to give it another shot. Um, and he specifically does this around about two to three months here. Again, you know, so th- these are different. They, onboarding is very important. I think turn up, make best first impression. Get them like through, through that funnel. Um, give them a bit of space and then come back two months and go yeah and look at who was who was engaged and has dropped off and then turn up again re-engage them again powerful uh what's the future look like for bonjour matt where is and i guess for this type of relationship marketing generally as well where where do you see the next few years or you know let's let's go the next few years because it's all moving so quickly at the moment yeah yeah so so we're basically going to redefine the loyalty space within SMBs. Yeah. And this is across SaaS to e-commerce to, 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 to service industries. Yeah. So cost small media businesses. Um, we think there's a massive hole in loyalty. I think it's being underserved. I think the word loyalty has become a massively loaded term where we, where, where we think loyalty is um, points, referrals, and discounts. Um, that's not loyalty. That's just called buying customers. Um, and if you're a massive brand like your Virgin, your Qantas, your United Airlines, yeah, rewards programs work great because everyone knows who you are. Um, if you're a Bonjuro or another small company, no one knows who you are. So is, is that even going to work? Yeah. And so if you look at what loyalty really is, loyalty is a, is a customer's propensity to do two things. So stay with you for a longer term. Yeah. So convert and stay with you and pay more money. And then this is, and the lifetime value goes up and up and up. Yeah. There's another huge part of loyalty, which is this customer can become your best uh, channel for new leads. And this is the idea of advocacy or turning this cust- turning a passive customer into a super fan. So, so there's two kind of wheels going here, yeah, in the loyalty space. One is get customers to stay more, you know, engage more customer service excellence, which turns into, into loyal customers that stay and spend for 10 years. The other side is, is then turn into an active promoter where they're going to start to comment on communities and they're going to start to drop your company name into threads. They're going to start to tell people about you and they're going to start to do testimonials um, and product feedback and get on beta programs and test stuff with you. And they're going to help you grow your business faster. 
Now, this is what loyalty is. Now, there's no real system that kind of ties together. There's lots of little little plugins and little products here and there. But Pondura for a long time was like a little product that helped make a best first impression. That's kind of what what we did, yeah? And it started this, it meant that a customer was more likely to be loyal and convert and stay longer. Now, we've jumped to the other end of the spectrum and gone, right, so a lot of customers were asking for this. We basically built a system where you can go and collect video, text, uh, testimonials of, of, of customers and then manage these and easily embed them back on your site straight away. So the idea is customers who are loyal and who are super fans have a lot to speak about. You know, if you interview them, they'll say, yes, we, are, you know, we would recommend you to a friend. 90% of them won't just because they won't meet the friend or the person or the owners to do that. So the best way to get this out of them is to go, hey, well, rather than that, why don't you give us an amazing testimonial? Use video because it's very powerful. It's very emotive. Um, give us that. We'll put that up on landing pages, sites, and social media. And like your voice can help drive more leads in and help give authority uh, and social proof to what it is that we're doing. So we've kind of jumped to the other end. So like, well, here's another product at the end where we want to start to use your more little customers. Now, in between that, what we'll be doing is we're going to build tools that will help you take you know, a customer to be a loyal cut to, to, to convert and become a, a lead to become a customer to become you know an active customer to become an advocate to become a super fan. So we're going to help you shorten that journey so that a higher percentage of your customers become active promoters, which is the ultimate goal. Because I think again, people who do this well, your customers should be your biggest growth channel, and you don't need to be a product-led growth co- company. You don't need to be a software company. You know, some of the best financial advisors and accountants I know are 100% word of mouth driven. They are very rarely passive at this. They are, they are actively asking for referrals every day. They are actively taking time with their customers, sending them gifts, doing things, and then asking for referrals. They are actively gathering great case studies. They're actively asking those customers to input on their business and say, well, what's, what could we do better? You know, and they're coming in and they're doing workshops and everything else. Yeah, and they're building better products at the back of it. Yeah? Now, there's, there's always been companies that do this well. But I think the vast majority of companies, we struggle with this because there's lots of ad hoc tools. There's lots of little room parts. And we're, and we're super busy. And it's, and, and, you know, it's actually even hard to, to, to work out your ROI. Like a sale is very binary. Oh, we made money today. You know, doubling the amount of time a customer stays with you, you might not, not know that for three years. But ultimately, it's going to triple your revenue. Um, so I think that's kind of what, what we're going after. I think supporting small businesses through, through this period. You know, every, every good company in the world that, like, that uses our products yeah, I want them to get to the stage where 50% of their customers are active, active referrers or super fans, as we call it, um, you know, from the, from the average of like 5%. So how do we help people do that? Incredible. Matt, we're going to start to, to wrap up, but I don't think I can finish this conversation uh, without sort of picking your brain. You've been at the marketing table with, you know, many large Fortune 500 companies, um, seeing what they're doing as far as their marketing and how they're creating, you know, compelling offerings and and attracting more, more customers. What would be one thing that you could, one practical thing that, you know, you would recommend, you know, that curious business owner or marketer do today in their business um, that could start to quickly shift their, you know, shift the needle in a positive way. Let's like I'll pick what I've already said. I, th- I think ask for ask for referrals. Yeah, and if you can, bias this first. So you know, if if you if you ever run surveys, like MPS, M- love it or hate it, like you know, this is a score of one to ten. 
anyone who gives you nine or 10 or on any score metric, anyone gives you nine or 10, the second they give you a nine or 10, hit them up. They'll be like, who else do you recommend we go to? Because that nine or 10 means they're willing to refer you. But unless, like, like, ask for it. Don't don't sit back and say the referrals will come in because they won't because people are busy, yeah? Go in and be like, that's awesome, but you said you refer us. Can you give us th- three referrals, please? And that person's just giving you a nine. They're going to have to back it up. Um, so just ask, and you'll be surprised how many of your customers will be like, yeah, absolutely. I'm going to interview you to Ben, Steve, and, 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 and Gemma tomorrow. So it's that, like, it, it's, it's not so much, like, so, but... It's not traditional marketing. And marketer actually does this a lot. Like our CMO does this a lot, yeah. But he'll he'll do this like Pat Flynn and John Lee DeVas as well. <laughs> you know, where like we're obviously the rewards of this pulling off like a massive. Um, go and ask. Like, don't don't be passive. You know, help your customers help you. I, I love that. We we we've touched on NPS a fair bit on this podcast and you know it shows intent but it doesn't necessarily encourage action it doesn't also ask the question why haven't you uh, <laughs> so far so um I, I think you know the simplicity of that of just going out and asking is is pretty uh, uh important <laughs> and and powerful um matt i want to thank you for your time today i love um and i hope you don't mind me saying this but the simplicity of bonjoro as a concept, but just also the huge role it plays in, you know, shifting the lens back to this more connected, personal way of of marketing um, and and creating value for our customers. If people want to connect with you, learn more about Bonjoro, or just be part of your community, where do they go? Uh, two things: if you're okay with me personally, uh, go to LinkedIn. Type in Papa Bear. That's my official title. I think there's me, me and one other guy. I'm, I'm the one in the bear suit. Um, look, reach out. Like, I had a lot of help getting where I am. I'm extremely cheeky. I always ask people for help who are, who are kind of ahead of me. Um, so anything I can do to help outside of Bonjour as well, like, like, like please feel free to ask and connect. Um, on the company side, look, the best thing to do is to hop into Bonjour.com, sign up, try it out. Uh, you may or may not get a video from me. You'll probably get one from my other team now because we're a little bit bigger. Um, but like mention that, that, that you came into this channel, you know, and then we can obviously go back to Jay and say, Hey, thanks. Yeah. And we can thank you for, for giving us customers. Yeah. I can't see what that goes. Um, so come in, reach out, make yourself known. Uh, if you know, well, if you make yourself known, we're, we're even more likely to look after you. So come in and say hi. Incredible. My final question, having helped companies like Mozilla, Basecamp and ConvertKit use video to improve their customer journeys. How do you build a business that people feel compelled to talk about? You need to put the customer first in everything you do. Every marketing piece, every support piece, every sales piece, like solve the customer's problem. Don't solve yours. It's very simple. I love the simplicity of that. We're hearing that again and again, guys. Start to put that customer first. I I, I want to just recap on a couple of things that Matt's talked about today. Go all in on that first impression. You know, there's time. Spend the time to to really focus on what that first impression is, and then look at those onboarding and those value adds that you can create when when you start to create value for your 
your customer. That one step down from that brand impression, that uh, that idea of, you know, starting with where you want to be perceived and then just coming down, taking the tie off, pulling, you know, taking the jacket off, those kind of things are the, really important. I think also leaning into thank yous and gratitude was, was a really big one for me. And at the end of the day, uh, all of this becomes very obvious when you put the customer first and start with the customer. What's the intent you have for that customer? Matt, thank you so much for your time today. Thanks for having me on. It's been a pleasure. Until next time, everybody, stay remarkable.